Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Western New York race fans, it's time to crank it up. For the next hour, the airwaves belong to you. Sit down, strap in, and let's head to WGR's Fast Track. All right, take a nice big deep breath, buddy. With your host, Dave Buchanan. Good morning, race fans. 11.04 here on WGR Sports Radio 550. And welcome to another edition of WGR's Fast Track. I'm Dave Buchanan. Thanks for listening, as always. Busy race day for uh, those of you that want to sit on the couch and watch some racing today. A couple big events to take in, including uh, one you hear right here on WGR later today, as we've got uh, kind of a nice doubleheader this afternoon. You've got the uh, the early half of the doubleheader coming up at uh, about 1230 uh, you can catch the IndyCar Series uh, season opener as they are going to tackle the streets of St. Petersburg, Florida, kick off their 2018 season. And then later on today, uh, you'll hear it live here on WGR coming up at 2.30. NASCAR is out west, uh, race two of three for the West Coast road trip for NASCAR. They are at the now-named ISM Raceway, which used to be Phoenix International Raceway, but now it's ISM Raceway because track title sponsors just sound horrible <laughs> it's the ticket guardian 500 for the nascar cup series coming up uh pre-race coverage will be right here on wgr courtesy of the motor racing network at 2 30 green flag just after 3 30 this afternoon so a nice double header of racing action for you today on this uh not too bad sunday here in western new york and we're going to talk about both of those races on today's program first off though phone lines are open 803-0550 one eight 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 five fifty two five fifty for those of you that want to talk about either IndyCar, NASCAR, anything else going on in the world of motorsports. Which one are you more excited for today? Uh, what are you looking forward to in either race? Uh, feel free to bring it here this morning. You can also tweet us at Fast Track Five Fifty and Facebook.com slash WGR Fast Track. We're going to start off talking about IndyCar, and we're going to do that in a little more detail in about nine minutes or so when Brant James, veteran motorsports journalist that uh, does some work for IndyCar.com these days, Brant will join us at 11:15 uh, to talk IndyCar. He is at he is in St. Petersburg for today's race, and then coming up at the bottom of the hour, we'll switch gears over to NASCAR as they will. Uh, Take as we said, take the green flag just after the three thirty, and we'll talk to Alan Cavana of Fox Sports and FS1. Uh, works on uh, Race Hub and their coverage of the Truck Series, and uh, also does some work with their uh, Cup coverage. But not, I don't believe he's in Phoenix this weekend. But we'll talk to Alan at the bottom of the hour. And also, we'll see how he's feeling as a Syracuse fan this morning. Is if he's if he's you know chewing his fingernails, hoping the Orange uh, make the. Uh, NCAA tournament, and uh, he's also a Bills fan, so we'll, we'll probably toss a Bills question at him too. But uh, phone lines open here right off the bat: eight zero three zero five fifty one eight 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 five fifty two five fifty. You've got both IndyCar and NASCAR on the table. The before we switch 
fully into IndyCar here on this opening segment, do want to mention uh, the big NASCAR story of the week, and that was Kevin Harvick, who uh, after his dominating win at Las Vegas last week for his second straight win, his team was leveled a pretty hefty penalty by NASCAR for a couple of rules violations, one more notable than the other. The first violation was for the uh, the bracket that held up the windshield on the number four car. That had failed at some point during the race, and it was noticeable by some people watching the race and, and some of the competitors at the track during the race that the uh, the rear window on uh, Harvick's car was kind of indented and maybe uh, helping out the aerodynamics of the four car and maybe leading to part of his dominant performance on Sunday. So he got dinged for that, for the bracket failing, and then they also uh, got uh, dinged for uh, one of the panels uh, on the uh, the lower part of the car uh, that weren't made of the proper material. They're supposed to be constructed out of aluminum, and they weren't. They also got caught for that. Both of those infractions were discovered after they took the car to the R&D Center in Charlotte after the race on Sunday, so they didn't discover that till Tuesday and Wednesday is when the penalty came out. So for Harvick, it's it's well, it's a pretty well, it's a big penalty, but maybe not as bad as it could have been. Uh, basically, the penalty handed down to him is what used to be called an encumbered win, but NASCAR has uh, shied away from using that term after it had come up so much uh, over the last couple seasons. But basically, Harvick did lose uh, all of his playoff points from the win last week. He lost 20 driver points. His car chief is suspended. The crew chief, uh, Rodney Childers, was fined. So. Uh, Really, though, it, it doesn't do a lot of damage to Harvick. It doesn't take him out of the playoffs. He still has the win in Atlanta to fall back on, but he can't use that win at Vegas, the playoff points, and he can't use that for any potential tiebreakers for seeding for the playoffs later on this season. So it doesn't derail his season as much as it did Joey Logano last year when his team was penalized for their one win at Richmond and never could overcome it and never get another win to lock him to the playoffs. So Harvick's already got that other win in his pocket, so he's good. He's still going to qualify for the playoffs on his Atlanta win. But those seven playoff points he picked up maybe uh, might hurt him uh, down the road. So that's the big story uh, of the week in NASCAR. We'll talk more about that with Alan Kavan at the bottom of the hour. But IndyCar kicking off their season. We talked a little about this on last week's show. And a lot of optimism surrounding IndyCar going into this season. Um uh, a brand-new-looking car with a new body, a new aero kit for the Indy cars. Uh, no longer are the Chevrolet-powered cars and the Honda cars. They don't get their own body work, aero kits, that we've seen for the last couple of seasons. It's now one mandated aero kit, uh, regardless of uh, which engine you have underneath the hood of the Indy cars. Yes, I know they don't really have hoods, but... Uh, <laughs> uh, so. All the cars will look the same, which is fine because it's a much improved look uh, aesthetically. I think the cars look a lot better. They look more like a traditional Indy car that we might have seen, I don't know, maybe 20, 25 years or so ago. So the cars look better. Uh, the One of the reasons for eliminating the previous aero kits for this new one was to reduce the amount of debris that they cause in an accident. So there's less additional parts on these cars to pile up in a, in a debris and also it removes a heck of a lot of downforce on these cars and puts it back into the hands of the drivers a little bit more to handle these cars around uh, not only the road courses and, and street courses they compete on but the ovals as well too so a lot of reduced downforce uh, just as an example uh, some of the numbers coming out of st petersburg about a thousand pounds of fewer downforce on these cars which is a lot so that should make things a lot more interesting so the cars have an improved look less aerodynamics uh, so you've got that going for the sport but you've also got 
just a, a strong paddock. I mean, we're, you've got 24 starters today at St. Petersburg. Uh, 22 of those are full-time teams. You've got a handful of part-time teams this year that are going to be in and out of the season, but you've got 22 teams, and that's with two of your best teams in the sport reducing their cars for car count for this year. You've got Penske that went from four to two teams this year. They're going to concentrate just on their two main cars, including Scott Dixon's um, this year. So you've got that. And, and, and then you've got Penske that's gone from four to three cars as Elio Castro Neves is transitioning out of full-time IndyCar competition. He will run the Indianapolis 500 still looking for that fourth win, but he has gone, uh, touring car racing for Penske Racing. So you've got Penske down to three with defending series champion uh, Joseph Newgarden. You've got the 2016 champ, Simon Pagino, and you've got uh, champ former champ uh, Will Power as well, too. So you've still got the uh, the big three over there. Penske, just no, no more Elio uh, stepping away from full-time racing. But with those departures of those three teams from Penske and Ganassi, you picked up a, a hand. They picked up a handful of new teams and a couple teams uh, that added some rookie drivers as well, too. Um, uh, the the additions of, of some new teams this year in the sport in the uh, the Carlin team and the Harding Racing teams uh, adding new drivers. Um, Carlin uh, running with uh, Max Chilton as one of their drivers, and also um, uh, I talked to this guy at Watkins Glen last year, and I can't Charlie Kimball. Uh, the two two of the guys that left Ganassi, uh, they are going to drive for Carlin this year, and then Harding Racing has entered the sport, and they've got uh, former Rookie of the Year Gabby Chavez driving for them this season. So. Uh, Great to see two new teams added to the sport, and then you've got a few more new teams uh, that are going part-time. Uh, Michael Shank Racing from the sports car world, uh, they've got a, a part-time ride there in the field today uh, at St. Petersburg as well. So it's uh, it's great to see a strong paddock and a lot of... Um, a lot of enthusiasm and optimism going into this season for IndyCar. And you've got uh, sponsorships are pretty good in the sport. Scott Dixon's got a full-time sponsor this year after they struggled to uh, sponsor uh, that Ganassi car last year after the departure of Target. Um, you've got Danica Patrick back in IndyCar for one race. She'll run the Indianapolis 500 driving for Ed Carpenter, and she'll be sponsored by uh, GoDaddy. Uh, but she will just run the Indianapolis 500, and it looks like they may even have more than 33 cars attempt to qualify for the Indianapolis 500, which will be phenomenal. It's been, a, you know, the last couple of seasons they've just gotten enough cars to fill the the starting grid of 33 at the Brickyard, but right now early indications there could be as uh, we could be up to 35. So uh, bump day will actually mean bump day uh, at the Brickyard come the month of May if those numbers play out. Uh, and speaking of, I mentioned it before, the rookies in this sport uh, I've, are certainly uh, have come to. Uh, certainly uh, shown their strength this weekend looking at the starting grid. You've got Robert Wickens on the pole, and you're like, who's Robert Wickens? I know. Robert Wickens is driving for Schmidt-Peterson Motorsports. He is from Canada. Uh, he thought he was going to be on the road to an F1 career, but wound up in uh, touring car racing, but he has been hired by Schmidt-Peterson Motorsports. He and James Hinchcliffe are the two team drivers for Schmidt-Peterson, both drivers out of Canada. So Robert Wickens is on the pole, kind of uh, sh- surprised the world during qualifying. Uh, will Power will join him on the front row. Uh, Matthias Leist is another rookie. He is driving for A.J. Foyt this year. He is uh, Tony Kanan's teammate, another Brazilian driver. He'll start third. Another rookie, Jordan King, starts fourth. Takuma Sato, who's got a new team this year. He is the also, of course, the reigning Indy 500 champion. He's driving full-time for Ray Hall Letterman Lanigan racing this season after driving for A.J. Foyt last year and, and also for uh, 
or for Andretti as well too in the past. Uh, he is also in the on the grid starting fifth today. Ryan Hunter Ray starting sixth. Then you got James Hinchcliffe, Gabby Chavez, Scott Dixon, and Tony Kanan rounding out your top ten starters for today's uh, race at, at uh, St. Petersburg. And with that, we're going to head to Florida and bring in on the hotline one of our favorites here on the program, veteran motorsports journalist, now doing some work for IndyCar.com. Brant James is on the line. Brant, it's Dave Buchanan here in Buffalo. Good morning. Great to talk to you again, my friend. Yeah, Dave. How are you? It's uh, it's turning into a nice afternoon here. There's been uh, some worries about rain, but we're starting to get a uh, a spring afternoon in Florida. It's into the 70s and getting a little sticky, so uh, business as usual, maybe. Uh, a new IndyCar season, obviously, Brandon. We were, try- were talking about some of the big storylines going into this year, and, and really it's just a feel-good start to the season, it seems like, Brandt, with uh, just a lot of optimism with uh, new teams and new faces and a, a new-looking car this year for IndyCar. A-, a lot of positives going into this year. Yeah, it seems like we come to the beginning of the IndyCar season often, and you you hear the uh, you know the the dialogue of you know there's great optimism. We feel things are going to be great. We have heard it before. Sometimes it's easy to be cynical, but um, coming into this one with the new universal kit, um, it's it's going to change the racing. It's taken downforce off. It's going to make the cars harder uh, to drive. And uh, those extremely confident race car drivers, I think you have to be kind of wired that way to borderline arrogant to think that uh, you're going to be the only one talented enough to drive that really difficult race car and, and win with it. They've got that uh, in, their, in their pocket. Um, four new teams, um, that is, that's newsy. Um, I mean, Dale Coyne Racing uh, announced, uh, I think, three new sponsors just this week. Uh, so there's, there's money coming in. Um, there, there, there is optimism. And then you take a seven-driver rookie class, and yesterday in qualifying, um, three of those guys make the, fi- uh, the fast six, and the top guy, uh, Robert Wickens, a rookie, 28 years old and former DTM driver, not exactly right out of high school, but wins the pole, and that's newsworthy. Now, granted, it was, uh, it was odd, wet, damp, uh, and then dry conditions. A little quirky, but those guys still did it, so it's uh, certainly given us something to talk about and something to think about uh, with St. Pete as a, as a test case for, for the season. With uh, the new aero kit and uh, the lower downforce uh, from the drivers you've talked to this we- uh, this uh, weekend, or maybe just leading up to this season, how big of a difference is it versus this year's car versus last year's car? Yeah, it's it's a big difference to drive. Uh, the rear likes likes to swing around. Uh, we saw plenty of spins uh, in practices. And granted, as I said, qualifying was a little weird, but it was tough to woe that thing down and turn one and. And, and get it to go uh, right as they wanted to uh, in qualifying. Uh, it, it's it's odd how the drivers have described it. it it's not going to necessarily be as physically demanding. They're not going to get beaten up in there, mm-hmm. but it's it's twitchy. Uh, they're they're going to have to work it. They're going to have to have quick hands, and they're going to have to give me a lot of nuance involved. But and they like it. Now that said, a, a lot of you know the drivers still think that good teams. Are still going to be good. Team Penske is going to win a bunch of races. Mm-hmm. Uh, not necessarily ten out of seventeen, but they're going to contend for championships with the three guys they have there in Newgarden, the defending champion uh, Pagano, who's won a championship, Power, who's won a championship. Incredible lineup there. Scott Dixon has to be a factor again. Graham Rahal has really come on at this point in his career. Um, but, but then you've got that group of, of other mid teams that win races, the Coins and the Schmidt Petersons. What are they going to do? Can they? you know, thrust himself in the championship. It's interesting to me to see if there's some driver who's already been on the grid who's really going to benefit from the feel of this new car. Mm-hmm. Or if these rookies who are coming in with nothing to unlearn, that's that's sort of an odd, clunky word that we've been hit with a lot <laughs> uh, this week, 
maybe these guys are going to come in and they're just going to take to it and they're instant, instant contenders each week. It's going to be interesting. Brand James joining us to talk about the IndyCar season. Uh, you mentioned Graham Rahal, and I had a chance to talk to Graham last year leading up to the Indianapolis 500. He came to Buffalo uh, with the folks from Watkins Glen, and, and one of the things he talked about last year was he thought not having a full-time teammate uh, held him back a little bit compared to the Penske's and Ganassi's and Andretti's of the world. This year he's got a full-time teammate in Takuma Sato. Uh, do you think, how much does that help him maybe make that step and be a championship contender this year? Yeah, I think that helps both of them. I mean, in Sato, you've got a you know, Indy 500 winner that that's its odd, you know, unique beast. But he is a veteran. He's been here a long time, and anytime you can double the amount of information uh, that the drivers can pour out on the table for the engineers and have them apply it to a race car uh, is is valuable. It's interesting that you had, uh, you know, the Ganassis go from four to two, and the Penskes go from four to three, each for their own individual reasons, mm-hmm. uh, you know, pairing back and thinking those are maybe the sweet spot numbers for them. But, yeah, absolutely, having a teammate is a, is a big deal. And I think, you know, a rookie teammate, that, that's nice too. But if you, you add a veteran in there that's not only going to push you, but is, is you know, adept at uh, passing along the information, knows what he feels, knows what the differences are, has been everywhere, can't, it can't hurt. And obviously it's going to help. How about Alexander Rossi? Of course, uh, he and uh, Marco Andretti kind of doing the team swap this year where Marco's going over to the uh, the 98 car, the Brian Herta car, and uh, Rossi will be in the 27. You know, of course, the, the surprise Indy 500 win, then last year the the full season and everybody knew about him and was uh, in a little bit of in the, in the championship hunt, won at Watkins Glen this year. What do you think about his outlook for uh, 2018? Yeah, he's an interesting one because... You know, as you said, the Indy 500 win, you know, save fuel, you know, very unusual. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, his background had not been in IndyCar, been over in Europe. Um, last year, you really had to say that was a pleasant surprise. He, he remained in the mix there for quite a while. He really did prove to be a quick study. Mm-hmm. Um, it, this this third year, this, this to me is really interesting to see whether, you know, it was just a, a blip and he was a quick learner or if he's going to be able to add you know more if he's going to progress and add more to that uh, that base that he established that baseline of performance and and what he was able to learn and what he was able to do interacting with the team um he you know he he wants to be here when he when he first came over you know the question was always you know whether this guy wants to be here is his eyes still on Europe he seems like he very much likes it here um he seems invigorated uh, ready to go and in in it for the long haul but yeah uh, a really interesting guy to see if he becomes one of those uh, individuals who not just sort of competes for race wins or if he becomes the new guy for the Andretti's that will be there at the end of the season and try to crack that that, that fairly hard uh, little boundary that the Penske's and the Canassi's that uh, create at Sonoma and uh, you know maybe one other team sneaks in. Brand, uh, one final question, just kind of a uh, handicap it for us. Who do you think is the number one contender here to, to win the championship uh, at the start of the season here? Uh, a lot of great candidates, but who who's kind of your odds on favorite going into the year, at least to possibly win the title? Yeah. I mean, I think you have to go right immediately back over to the, to the Penske transporter. I'm, I'm really fascinated uh, about Newgarden. Obviously he's a talent. He's a guy that Roger Penske wanted. So he went out and got him. Um, Pagano, very much wanted to defend that championship last year. Mm. And a, a really good season. I mean, he, his yeah. finishes were incredible. I mean, I, I don't remember the exact number, but he was basically knocking out a top five every weekend, and it still wasn't enough. Um, I think he had a top two, like five out of the last six races. 
Incredible, incredible. And, you know, it's not that any race car driver puts on the helmet and doesn't want to win, but I think it was really a big deal to him uh, mentally and, and personally that he was not able to defend that title, especially against a teammate because you got to beat those guys in that room first before you take it out on everyone else in the series. So, um, you know, strange things happen. You never know what's going to, you know, when some knucklehead's going to run into you on the mm-hmm. on the race course. But uh, I'm kind of circling Pagano as to see uh, if he can knock out one of those incredible springs like he did two years ago in winning the championship and see if he can really put the heat on his teammate. Very good. Well, us here in Buffalo, we're disappointed we lose the day to the Glen, but we still got Toronto and Mid-Ohio and Pocono aren't far drives either, so uh, still uh, surrounded by plenty of IndyCar dates up here in Western New York. Brant, enjoy the race at St. Petersburg today, and thank you so much for the time. It was great catching up. Always fun. We'll talk to you later. All right. Brant James, uh, veteran motorsports journalist, doing some work for IndyCar.com, among other uh, outlets these days. Appreciate his time. Uh, one kind of interesting, uh, speaking of Buffalo and IndyCar, uh, the folks at Schmidt-Peterson Motorsports, they do have a nice partnership with New Era this year. Uh, New Era does a, a lot of work with IndyCar drivers, uh, guys like Alexander Rossi and uh, and. and uh, James Hinchcliffe, notably, uh, they do have relationships with several IndyCar drivers and, and produce hats and merchandise for them. This year, Schmidt-Peterson has an apparel deal with New Era. Not only is New Era going to do hats, but I think the uniforms and shirts and everything, they're doing the, the full shebang for the folks over at Schmidt-Peterson Motorsports. So they have the New Era logo on both of their cars, including Pulse Sitter Robert Wicken. So if you're looking for a Buffalo tie-in to, I guess, one of, one of the teams, uh, Schmidt-Peterson is, is maybe someone you want to root for. Plus, they're both Canadian. Uh, so that you know that's pretty cool. James Hinchcliffe, by the way, uh, from Canada, but lives in Indianapolis now. They opened their first Tim Hortons in, in Indianapolis, I believe. It was the first one in Indianapolis. <laughs> the day they opened it, James was actually working this drive through because as, as a native Canadian, you know, it, it's part of his uh, DNA. So the when they opened up that, Tim Hortons in Indianapolis, uh, James was there. So uh, he's a fun guy, uh, you know, great on social media, great personality. Uh, and uh, it's come back from that horrible incident in Indianapolis a couple of years ago, nearly lost his life, and uh, hopefully he has a, a strong year for the folks over at Schmidt-Peterson. Uh, I, th- I think uh, definitely someone that uh, you can get behind. So, again, there's your Buffalo tie-in if you're looking for some IndyCar drivers to root for the folks over at Schmidt-Peterson Motorsports carrying the uh, New Era banner. Uh, and uh, actually, they were in Buffalo uh, not that long ago, uh, kind of designing some of the merchandise and uh, uniforms and hats and everything uh, uh, my buddy Billy Wright from New Era uh, is always bringing uh, guys to town to, to do some work, so it's a good tie-in. All right, when we get back, we'll uh, switch gears over to NASCAR. Alan Kavana from Fox Sports is going to join us, talk about the race today at Phoenix. And uh, we can take your phone calls, too, 803-0551-888-550-2550. We get back here on Fast Track on WGR. Hi, this is Ryan Newman, driver of the Caterpillar Chevrolet. You're listening to WGR Sports Radio 550. 1131 here on WGR Sports Radio 550, Dave Buchanan and WGR's Fast Track. NASCAR out west for the second of three races. Of course, last week at Las Vegas, today at Phoenix, ISM Raceway as it's now called. And then next week, uh, Fontana Auto Auto Club Speedway. Uh, for uh, the final of the three uh, West Coast road trips, uh, fun fun part of the schedule really gets the the season going and, and you know shows you what kind of some of the big storylines are for the upcoming season and who's going to be the contenders versus the pretenders. And uh, we're definitely going to be get we got that a little bit at Las Vegas and we'll get that today at Phoenix. Uh, I I don't want to say ISM Raceway. I I I think it just you know good for them. They got title sponsorship from a company that 
you've never heard of. And I, th- I thought we learned our lesson after Lowe's Motor Speedway that just it just sounds bad you, that when racetracks have uh, title na- uh, sponsors as their names, I just think it sounds silly. I'm glad it went back to Charlotte, and uh, it can go back to being Phoenix PIR whenever it wants. It's actually going through some big changes, of course. The track at Phoenix, we'll call it that, I guess. Uh, this is the last race on its current configuration with the uh, traditional start-finish line on the front straightaway. When the NASCAR goes back in November, they are going to be finishing up a project, uh, a huge uh, re- revital- a remodeling project uh, over there at, at Phoenix, Um Start-finish line will now be where kind of two, where turn two currently is on the racetrack today. Turn two, that's going to be the start-finish line when they go back in November, and uh, that's part of their big revitalization project over there, Phoenix. They've uh, added on to the the grandstands on the turn one and two side of the property. They've expanded those. They're uh, they're going to finish uh, getting rid of the grandstands that exist on the front stretch. Uh, those will be gone as they continue to expand the grandstands where the start finish line will be uh the infield is going to be totally uh they're going to finish redoing the infield uh, i know the media center is getting demolished a new one's being built some other things are getting uh the garages are being improved over there at phoenix so a big change when the series goes back at about eight months and uh that'll be it'll be interesting look you we it'll make the layout at phoenix was already a rich uh unique uh, with uh, the dog leg and everything, and uh, you know uh, that track was always unique. And then they they did their first round of improvements to the track, and they kind of widened out that dog leg area. Now you got that big runoff where they go far, four or five wide. They did that a couple of years ago. Now with the starting the start finish line at a different spot, that throws some other strategy uh, into the mix. So it should be wild when they go back in November to see how that plays out uh, for uh, the uh, the next to last race of the uh, 2018 season there as they uh, before they head to Homestead to crown the champion. I'm looking forward to it. Uh, love going to Phoenix when I've gone out there in the past, and I, I kind of want to go and go in November to see what it's like after the new layout. I don't know if that's going to happen, but uh, it it should be wild. So today is the 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 first race as it's known as ISM Raceway, but also the last race. At the at the track uh, in its current configuration, uh, Martin Truex is on the pole today, and Martin really doesn't have uh, quite the success as he does at you know some of the other tracks in the circuit, notably the mile and a half tracks. He doesn't have a whole lot of success at F- uh, Phoenix, but he will be on the pole today. Kyle Larson, on the other hand, has had some great runs there, including a couple runner-up finishes. He'll be on the outside of the front row. Uh, the Hendrick cars, the Hendrick team looks to get their season going. They're in row two. Chase Elliott and Alex Bowman, Joey Logano, Denny Hamlin are in row three. Kyle Busch, Jamie McMurray, Eric Jones, and Kevin Harvick, who also, besides the penalty, is looking to go uh, three in a row, um, which will be the first time since 2015 that a cup driver's won three races in a row, if he can pull it off today. And, of course, Harvick has uh, dominated Phoenix in the past. Now, they've I think the last five races, they've had five different winners there, including Kevin. But Harvick, uh, you know, just a few years ago, was dominating every race there at Phoenix. So we'll see if he can get his third win in a row. He'll start 10th. Uh, Byron and Blaney in, are in row six. Uh, Jimmy Johnson rolls off 17th today. Kurt Busch rolls off 23rd. Brett Keselowski struggled in qualifying. He'll start 25th today. Uh, Daryl Wallace will start 27th. That's it for kind of notable names in the field. And with that, let's go to the hotline and bring in from Fox Sports and Race Hub and their coverage of the Camperville Truck Series, Alan Kavana joins us on the line. Alan, it's Dave Buchanan here in Buffalo. Good morning. Great to talk to you as always, my friend. 
Yes, good to be back on. Good to be back on. I hope Buffalo is nice and uh, you know not not too snowy for you. No, no, it's uh, just sunny and cold, which I'll, I'll take it. This, you know, this is that time of year. Uh, Alien, going to school in Syracuse, you probably know this. This is the point of winter where it could be 15 degrees out, but you you don't want to wear that winter jacket because you're just sick of of having to bundle up and everything, and you'll go out there in just a sweatshirt just just to think like it's spring. Oh, yeah. I remember that very fondly, and uh, I don't miss it. I can tell you that much, but I certainly remember it fondly. It's, you know, strong people up there, strong people to be able to, you know, have T-shirt weather about now. Are, are you just pacing around your, your house in a, in a Syracuse orange sweatshirt just waiting for the bracket to come out today? Is that your plan for the day? A little bit. I've tried not to get my hopes up. Uh, it, it was a rough season. It was, it was a rough <laughs> season, but you can't blame anybody but themselves. You know, as a, as a proud Bills fan, as a proud orange fan, I, I think... I think a lot of your listeners can understand what I mean. When they, you know, a lot, a lot of blame on themselves, and if they just won a few more games, I wouldn't be on the bubble right now with them. <laughs> well, Alan, we've got a race today at Phoenix, and uh, that'll be on Fox later today, and it should be a good one. As uh, this track of Phoenix, known for some producing some wild racing, uh, what do you, what are your thoughts on the race going into this afternoon? Well, yeah, it's going to be wide open. It produces a lot of. Uh, you know, there's a, it's got a weird dog leg. It's not an exact oval, so it allows drivers to, who want to take chances, especially late in the race, to really fan out and, and, and do, you know, quick, deep dives like if they need to. Uh, I still expect Kevin Harvick to be the man to beat today, even though he's not starting as well as you, you may have thought or may have hoped. But if you look at the practice sheets and all the speed and all the momentum, uh, it, it's going to be hard to beat Kevin Harvick today. Uh, it should be interesting, though, because unlike the last two weeks, I think that the field will open up a little more. Last two weeks, we saw the, the Fords really I mean, come out the gate strong. And yeah. Mile and a half tracks, and we saw them do well on the on the where you know the air is you're more aerodynamic dependent. I think this will be a little bit different. It's a shorter track, and I think more players will come into play. What did you think about the uh, the penalties handed to the Ford team this week for the uh, the the rear window bracket, and then the uh, what was it? What was the other one? It was a crush panel or something. Yeah, the new crush panels on the side. That's yeah. when they, they pretty much copped to the four teams. It, you know, it should have been steel. It was aluminum. It was a late rule change. They took responsibility for that. I, I kind of disagreed with Kevin Harvick. They they were penalized for something, a, a broken rule. Well, let's be honest. I mean, the, the rule says that the roof has to be stiff. The roof was not stiff. I think pictures showed that and inspection showed that. And he started it with... I don't know, he kind of played social media for pointing it out and maybe drawing too much attention to it, attention that NASCAR just couldn't turn its eye to. There could be some truth to that, but at the end of the day, I mean, the rule was not followed. Mm. That, that's a, whether that was intentional or whether that was an accident, I, I don't think it's NASCAR's job to start judging intent. If, if something is broken and that broken piece happens to give you likely an advantage, not a full advantage, not the reason you won the race, but if yeah. it gives you an advantage... NASCAR can't look the other way and just say, "Hey, we're sorry." We've seen it in the past. I've seen I've seen parts break that have made cars slower, and they still got penalized. <laughs> it was the least advantageous thing in the world, and they still got penalized for that reason. So uh, I think NASCAR made the right call. I don't think it was you know blaming social media in this day and age. I don't think it was the right thing to do because at the end of the day, your team still had a broken part that gave you an advantage. Yeah, and it, I I don't think it's going to really uh, derail their season, kind of like maybe the penalty the 22 team got last year. Obviously, they've got the Atlanta win to fall back on, and uh, they're off to such a strong start that I really think uh, by the end of the day, the, the four team will have, I guess you could say, overcome this penalty. Absolutely, and look, they've earned that. When you have that win in the bag, 
uh, unlike Logano had last year, and you are guaranteed a playoff spot. I, I applaud the four teams for doing whatever they had to do to push the edge, push the limit, and get as many of the playoff points as possible because those playoff points are very valuable, as we saw last year. More Probably more valuable than a lot of people realize at first. Mm. And look, with the four teams, I think some could guess that what they were doing last week was, was pushing the limit. Did it go too far? Did it go a little too far and get a little too noticed? Probably. That's not, they didn't want that much notice, you know, look, and eyeballs pointed at them. But they're in a position where they're already locked in the playoffs. Their only job now is to collect extra playoff points, if you will. And they're in a position where they can't be forced out of the playoffs. Therefore, they can push the limit as much as they want, really, and do what they can. If they don't get caught, it's gravy. If they do, there's some controversy. But, hey, they're still in the playoffs, and they earned it. Mm-hmm. So that, that's the position that they're in. Alan Kavana from Fox Sports joining us here on Fast Track. Of course, a lot's been said about the struggles for many of the uh, the Chevy teams off to the start this year with the new Camaro. But if there's a, a track to turn it around, this could be a good one. You've got you know Larson starting third. You've got Elliott, or excuse me, Larson starting second. Elliott starting third. And uh, also Alex Bowman up there, but here you got Kyle Larson and Chase Elliott, two guys that have had some good runs at this track in Phoenix, and uh, uh, really they're a couple of the favorites today, especially Larson, I think. Absolutely, especially Kevin carrying the Chevy banner. I expect yeah. more out of Larson. A lot of people really expected more out of him going into uh, Phoenix because they had a great. Te- I mean, going out to Las Vegas last week because they had such a great test out mm-hmm. there. It didn't happen. Now, is that an aero issue? Is that a new car issue? Is that a team issue? We don't know, but just the way the speed charts have shown us this week, the past, I think Larson is certainly a car to be reckoned with today. Uh, Chase Elliott as well. So if, it, if, if, if the first win, when the first win is going to happen, we keep saying that after two years, <laughs> probably coming to track like this. I wouldn't. I mean, would I be surprised if it was today? Absolutely not. But again, that means going through Harvick and a guy like Truex. <laughs> um, along with the, the the Chevy teams, you've got. Uh, Martin Truex on the pole today. Now, Phoenix isn't one of his better tracks, but uh, he's starting on the pole. Um, is Do you think his title defense gets its first win of the season today, possibly, as he rolls off first? Well, if, if I'm picking, you know, just sheer winners, Martin Truex Jr. would not be at the top of my list. Top five? Yes. I mean, that that's the kind of team they've put together. Uh, if we're picking sheer winners, I, I, I just, I mean, if I was a... We were in Vegas last week. You had to pick just a winner. Mm-hmm. I wouldn't pick Martin Truex Jr. today. He probably surprised a few people with the poll. But when you look back, uh, people consider him you know, Mr. Mile and a Half, an intermediate. That's where he dominated last year, got the wins, got the playoff points, ultimately won the championship on those big mile-and-a-half tracks, unlike where we are today. But he also was back, and he was fast everywhere, believe me. Remember Martinsville, he's not known for being a short track racer. He finished second. So I wouldn't put it past him to run very well in Phoenix today, but uh, I'm still going with Harvick. You're not going to make me uh, go away from him. <laughs> and let's talk about the Truck Series real quick because uh, you work on, of course, uh, Fox Sports 1. They're great coverage of the Truck Series. Uh, love watching the, the truck races, and they're off to a great start this year. Already a few races in the book, and now on a little bit of a break till we go to Martinsville. But uh, how about my buddy Stuart Friesen? What a, a strong start to his year. Uh, had a chance to win at Vegas. You know, that great three-wide move, uh, battling Kyle Busch there to get a stage win. And uh, I just think uh, Stuart is off to a fantastic start and has really come into his own in the truck series. Absolutely. And it just shows you, you know, that we see the power of alliances and, and uh, te- technical alliances and stuff. We see that in the Cup Series. We're starting to see it in the truck series as well. And it just goes to show you, I mean, the, the role that money and equipment play in the sport. I mean, no one ever 
Fogg's Tour Treason was a bad driver by any means. Mm-hmm. Everybody up there obviously knows that for, for, for absolute. But when you get into you know this side of the sport and, and the trucks and stock cars and the budgets get bigger, it can be a struggle with with inferior equipment. I hate to use that word, but sure. but once they got that technical alliance and that know-how and some of the better equipment with GMS, look what they're doing now. Stuart Friesen showing off his talent. We saw some of it last year, but I, I think we saw him run very well at Daytona, and now we're seeing him start to compete at tracks like Atlanta, at the bigger tracks, uh, being a player when it comes to the championship um the championship talk. He still got to get some wins. He still has to show us he can get checkered flags and all that stuff. But it's nice to have some new names to talk about. And it's not just, oh, man, what a good, lucky run. No, mm-hmm. He went out there and earned it. Like you said, the stage win. I think looking back on some of the stats and the stage points, you can really tell who's separating themselves. And to have a stage win like that, it shows you who's running well during the race and throughout the race and even at the end. And Stuart Friesen's right there. I, I would not be surprised if he can get a checkered flag this year. How about your Fox colleague there, Jeff Gordon, saying he'd like to run the truck race at Martinsville? Wouldn't that be something? Oh, that'd be amazing. <laughs> you kind of started a little firestorm there. That all started with a Twitter question on the NASCAR on Fox uh, Twitter handle. But, yeah, he mentioned it. He said, well, he just said if he was ever going to come back, if he was ever going to come back, he'd want to do something like the truck race in Martinsville. And my favorite part was that uh, obviously the fans took off of that on Twitter, but then Ray Everham mm-hmm. and said, I'm in as well. <laughs> Imagine that dream team pairing back one more time in the truck at a place that he just loves. Like, we all know how good Mar- uh, Jeff Gordon is at Martinsville. And to, to put him in a truck and see what his ta- natural abilities can do for some of these young guys, uh, that'd be so cool to see. Well, we'll be watching the race on Fox today, Alan, but what's coming up this week on Race Hub? This week on Race Up is going to be really, really special because, as you know, NASCAR is out west. So all of NASCAR Race Up is emanating from our L.A. studios, our Fox L.A. studios, for the first time. So it's like NASCAR Race Up goes on the road. So it's going to be very West Coast-centric in terms of we're visiting some cool spots out in L.A. We're going to have uh, a bunch of regulars that you don't normally see on Race Up. You know, Shannon Sharp, Jason Whitlock, a bunch of L.A. people are going to kind of invade our show. We're going to invade their studio and bring a little NASCAR to the West Coast and really uh, really show the best of what Fox Sports has to offer. It's going to be really neat. Very good. That's uh, weekday, 6 p.m. Eastern Daylight Time on over on Fox Sports 1. Alan and all the folks in Race Hub, they do a phenomenal job. Alan, great catching up as always. Appreciate the time, my friend, and uh, we'll hopefully talk again soon. I can't wait. And, of course, go Bills. I hope we get the franchise coming in 2018 because <laughs> I think that's what's about to happen. All right, man. Have a good one. Bye-bye. Alan Kavana, noted SU grad and uh, one of those Bills fans out there in NASCAR land. Appreciate his time. And again, Race Hub uh, weekdays at 6 on Fox Sports 1. And they'll have the race today on TV. We'll have the race on the radio today as well, too, of course. Pre-race coverage starts at 2.30. Green flag just after 3.30 for the Ticket Guardian 500. And our friends at the Motor Racing Network will have the call today. When we get back, we'll wrap up this edition of Fast Track, squeezing some of your phone calls at 803-0551-888-552-550. Great doubleheader of racing, IndyCar, NASCAR. I'll be tuned in. Hopefully you'll be too, as we'll talk about that here as we wrap up Fast Track on WGR. Hi, this is Martin Truex Jr., driver of the number 78 Furniture Row Toyota. You're listening to WGR Sports Radio 550. An easier pull sitter today for the Ticket Guardian 500. You'll hear it right here on WGR coming up at 2.30 this afternoon. And, you know, unless the Bills make a trade or something. That was crazy. I Was it Friday? It was Friday night, right, Mike? 
Yeah, yeah. So I'm I was home and you know I I'm on Twitter a lot I know but I get I get away from my phone and chasing my daughter around the house for like half an hour and we we finally sit back down. My wife says. The bill Tyrod got traded to Cleveland. What are you talking about? I thought she was talking about the other trade Cleveland had already made that day. And so, like, what do you mean? And I go on Twitter. I'm like, oh my god, <laughs> they traded Tyrod to Cleveland. So that was, uh, yeah, that was nuts. Uh, se- seven more weeks of quarterback talk, by the way. Seven more weeks of that. The draft is not till late April. So, so have fun, Joe and Brayton. Sunday mornings before me from nine to eleven. They do a great job. Uh, thanks for the tweets. Got a couple of tweets. Uh, thanks to Kenny for chiming in. He's saying guaranteed that Kevin Harvick will go three in a row. That that could happen. This this is Kevin Harvick's career stats at Phoenix. Thirty starts. He's got eight wins, fourteen top fives, and nineteen top tens in thirty starts at Phoenix in the Cup Series. I think he's got a few Xfinity wins too. His average finish is nine point seven. Uh, this it, going back to 2012, his worst finish there is 13th, and since he's gone to Stuart Haas Racing, he hasn't finished worse than sixth. And that was this race a year ago. He finished sixth uh, and finished fifth last November. But yeah, go 2012, he finished second in the spring. He won the fall race. 2013, 13th in the spring race, won the fall race. 2014, swept both races. 2015, won the spring race, runner up in the fall race. 2016 won the spring race, finished fourth in the fall race, and then sixth and fifth last year. So, yeah, it's a pretty good shot, Kenny, that uh, Harvick will could get his third straight win and uh, chalk up uh, career win number nine there at his, what is now ISM Raceway. Also, thanks for Zach to, for checking in. He says the new Indy cars are gorgeous, and they do look pretty good. I thought the Arrow kits got a little... A little gaudy there by the end, a little too much, a little busy there. They've kind of slimmed them down, and now it's more how the Indy cars or even cart, you know, used to look maybe back in the '90s. So uh, they, it's much improved look, and also it should make uh, for better racing. So I can't wait to to tune in at, at 12:30 and over on ABC and uh, watch watch the race, and we uh, get to hear Ellen Beswick call a race, which you don't get to hear too much of, as he's still at ESPN, but does a lot more college sports these days, as uh, ESPN has kind of slimmed down their motorsports coverage, but uh, it should be a good one with uh, just, and, and street courses are always a great race for just uh, something crazy to happen with uh, pit strategy, and some, you know, out of nowhere, some guy wins that you don't expect, and we've already had a little bit of that kind of unpredictability this weekend with uh, Robert Wicken the rookie driver out of Canada winning the poll. So uh, looking forward to that and the race today. Of course, while you're watching both races, be sure to shoot us a tweet at Fast Track 550. Uh, like uh, both Kenny and Zach did this morning, appreciate it. And uh, thanks to Alan and Brant James, uh, Alan Kavana and Brant James for checking in with us this morning. We'll be back next Sunday with uh, NASCAR at Fontana. Uh, the NHRA is back in action next week with the Gator Nationals. And, uh, hey, soon it'll warm up, and, and soon, you know, the local tracks will get fired up around here as well, too. That's uh, We're creeping quickly towards that as well. Uh, some dirt tracks in Pennsylvania already getting going. And, uh, you know, once we get past Easter, things, the, things will really pick up steam, and we'll be back at the track before you know it. So, again, thanks for tuning in. We'll talk to you next Sunday here with more Fast Track on WGR. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates – 
Price and coverage match limited by state law.